the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. Impulsive behaviors and addictions have long been a pandemic in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. God wants everyone to walk out of the darkness and into His marvelous light. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, everyone. I hope everyone had a blessed Easter weekend, Resurrection Sunday. And, uh, you know, today was kind of funny. It seemed like a Monday almost to me. Um, But some good things happened and and some difficult things happened. That's the way life is. Uh, So let's pray. Father God, we just come to you today with gratitude uh, coming out of this Resurrection Sunday. Just so grateful that you sent your only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. We're so grateful that he went to the cross for our sins. And we're so grateful that he was resurrected the second Adam to give us the promise of eternal life. You're just such a loving, wonderful God. And we thank you. And we ask that the words be spoken here today be from you and not from us. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. All right. You know, we kind of alternate these days uh, with recovery radio we used to have two radio station uh, shows or programs, uh, one where we preached and one where we did recovery, and we normally would have guests. And we have the guests because we like to bring hope out into the community. Um, but we've been, since we've cut down to one show, sometimes we just bring the Word of God. Um, as I so often tell New Covenant Church Greater Heights, uh, the recovery walk and the Christian walk are almost identical. Uh, they really are, and I've gotten into detail on that before. So today we're just going to talk about the Word of God, and we're going to talk about the resurrection. You know, the resurrection, of course, is what distinguishes Jesus from every other moral philosopher and religious teacher that ever lived. Uh, Confucius is in the ground. Buddha's in the ground. Uh, Muhammad's in the ground. Um, even great, you know, wonderful people like Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, they're they're in the ground but Jesus Christ was resurrected and uh, proved there's a couple of things that prove that he's the one true God. Uh, and that's, that's one. So we're going to talk about the resurrection today. We we tend to talk about it. Of course, it, it comes up in, in sermons throughout the year, but uh, we tend to mostly focus on it just that one weekend Easter. And it's something that really is, is remarkable. We're going to get into that and, and, in so many different ways that you may not have thought of. But we ought to talk about the cross and resurrection at every single service. 
And so just coming out of Easter weekend, we're going to talk about it now. I want to ask some questions to begin with. Uh, oh, one more thing. And, you know, particularly in Paul's epistles, he talks about resurrection not just as Jesus being the first resurrected and sitting at the right hand of the Father, but he also talks about it in terms of the, the Greek word is astasis, meaning standing up again, raising to life again, and recovery of spiritual truth. So when we compare it to recovery, I think we see so many of us in the recovery community that that have lived life a certain way and now are, are surrendering our lives to Jesus Christ, that we have a living resurrection. Recovery is indeed a living resurrection. And so I think there's there's a there's a deeper meaning. I think Jesus wanted us not only to to see him as the resurrected king and so that we can spend eternity with him, but he also wanted us to see that there's by following him there's there's a resurrection on this earth. So we're gonna talk about that. But let me ask a couple questions. First of all, have you ever wondered why Jesus repeatedly throughout the Gospels um, told people not to tell anyone what he had done for them? For example, in Mark chapter 5 and Luke chapter 8, uh, Jesus is asked to, there's a little girl who's deathly ill, and uh, in fact, as while Jesus is, is walking over to her, uh, she dies. And he gets there and says, tells the parents not to worry, and, and everybody sort of scoffs and says, that's not possible, she's dead. But he says, little girl, arise. And in Mark 8, or Luke 8, 56, uh, the Bible tells us, and her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. You know, in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we see where Jesus took Peter and James and John up on a mountain, and he was transfigured before them. And Moses and Elijah also appeared. And then in Mark 9, verses 9 through 10, the Bible says, Now as they came down from the mountain, he commanded them that they should tell no one the things they had seen till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept this word to themselves, questioning what the rising from the dead meant. And that gives us a really good clue about why Jesus told people um to keep things secret, uh, the miracles that he was performing. I'll tell you, a couple of reasons I've always thought of is, is number one, in our human condition, you know, if somebody tells you, some of us anyway, if someone tells you to keep something a secret, you, you kind of, it seems so powerful, you do the opposite. You, you end up having to tell somebody, and, 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 it, and it gets out. That's, that's, that's one reason. But I think what Jesus really intended as he said these things is that people really weren't going to understand who he was and what his ministry meant until he went to the cross and he and he was resurrected. So that's why when he said they kept this word to themselves, questioning what the rising from the dead meant, Jesus said, keep it secret until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. His ministry and who he was became so much more evident. I mean, sure, he was going around healing and doing these wonderful things, um, but they also saw him as he was arrested and beaten and bruised and bled and died in front of them on the cross. So in his human, you know, Jesus was fully human and he was fully divine. They saw this. So the second question I want to ask is after seeing all these miracles and these healings and, and following him for three, three and a half years, how could they deny him? 
you know, Jesus predicted that Peter would deny him three times, and he did. And, you know, at the cross, John was the only one there. All the other disciples had scattered. In fact, they were huddled up after after he was crucified and died and put in the tomb. They were huddled up in Jerusalem, scared to death that those religious leaders were going to come after them. You know, and like Peter, when he was asked, aren't you, and, and with that Nazarene, aren't you one of the ones that were following him around, one of the disciples? And Peter says, no, 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 you're mistaken, not me. They they were scared. They'd seen him die. And, you know, they, they were they were crushed. I mean, this was their leader, their Messiah, their their rabbi, their teacher that had done all these wonderful things and gave this incredible message of radical love that they had come so to admire, and they were just crushed. I'm reminded of a story in Desert Storm, at the height of Desert Storm, when Saddam Hussein was attacking Kuwait, and a woman uh, named Ruth Dillo received a call saying her son, a private in the Army, had stepped on a mine and had been killed. And um, for three days, she was just crushed. You know, I know some of us, some people in my family have, have lost children. It's it's just a horrible, horrible thing. A parent's not supposed to lose a child, but it happens. And she was wept and was in, inconsolable. But on the third day, her phone rang, and it was her son, Clayton. The Army had made a mistake, and Clayton was alive. Well, can you imagine the disciples? For three days in 33 AD, they were just crushed. They'd watch this man perform miracles, and they'd put all their hopes and dreams into him as a Messiah, and yet there he was, crucified by the enemy in the blindness of men. They mourned all day Friday and Saturday, and early that spring morning, the women went to go put perfume on his body and prepare him. Um, it was like putting flowers on a grave back then, plus they didn't have embalming. And their spirits were crushed, but on the way... The Bible says they they were wondering uh, who's going to roll this stone away from the entrance to the tomb. They'd seen this huge stone, you know, and I'm reminded of the stones we have in our lives. Who's going to who's going to with the stone of unemployment or the stone of divorce of depression? Who's going to roll away the stone? The answer is God will if you let Him. If you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, He will. But I'm getting off subject as as they. They considered an insurmountable insurmountable obstacle, but on the way, an angel from the Lord came and said, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Go tell his disciples to meet him in Galilee. And but the, So the women went back and, and, and told the disciples, but they were still afraid. They, they didn't, many of them didn't believe it because this is just too good to be true. And they probably reminded each other, but look, he brought Lazarus back. But that was different. Lazarus still was going to die. This was this was different. This was eternal resurrection, and it probably was just too too good to be true. But Jesus appeared to them in John chapter 20. He said, peace be with you. What a wonderful thing to say. Peace be with you. You know, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're in bondage from alcohol, from drugs, from pornography, from gambling, from pride, from anger, control, whatever you're, the enemy's got you in bondage from, Jesus wants to, to tell you peace be with you. He wants you to have peace because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came so that we could have life and have it abundantly. In fact, he said, 
Uh, do not be troubled by the world. I have overcome the world. My peace I leave with you. So some of them still didn't believe, and we all know the story of, or have heard of t- doubting Thomas. And and they came back and said, we, we, we after he appeared to them, we have seen the Lord. And in John twenty one twenty five, Thomas says, unless I see in his hands the print of nails and put my finger into the print of nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And there are people among us, friends, family members, people we work with, people we care about, that to this day refuse to believe. <laughs> so Jesus appeared again and in John twenty one twenty nine. 29, Jesus says, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Let me tell you, there was a man named Houston Smith who did a comparison of all the religions in the world. He's a professor. He did this huge study. And he came up with the conclusion that Jesus' message of radical love, love your enemies, turn the other cheek, pray for those who persecute you, that that was so different that that, that demonstrated, one, that, that he's truly God. But secondly, that's what, what energized the, the disciples to, to get out of the, the, their fear and to go on and, to, and to, to turn, as the Bible says in the book of Acts, to turn the world upside down, to go out across the world and preach his gospel of hope and peace. And I'm sure that added to their fervor, but I disagree with all due respect to Professor Smith because it was the resurrection that energized them. The resurrection that took them from a huddling group of people that were just afraid in a house hiding from the authorities to where indeed they did go across the world. And all but one were martyred, refused to give up their faith because they knew who Jesus Christ was. You know, Paul writes... In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he writes that if if the resurrection is not valid, if it's not true, he says, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. It is the resurrection of the fact that Jesus was willing to come down, humble himself to the point of death on a cross and tack all of our multitude of billions and trillions of sins on that cross and forgive us if we just accept him as our Lord and Savior and then was resurrected that that shows us that he is God. Paul said, if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. But Paul saw Jesus Christ after he was crucified. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You know, there's a, let me digress for a second. There's, there's a book that is a powerful book called The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. But, you know, Paul, Lee Strobel is not the first one who investigated in, in a very methodical way. Luke was a physician, a very logical, orderly man. He, didn't, he was not one of the disciples. He didn't personally know Jesus Christ. He investigated and went out and talked. And, and in fact, you know, most of us would say that Paul wrote most of the New Testament, and that's true in terms of the number of, of books or epistles. 
But Luke actually wrote more words. There's more volume in, in the book of Luke and the book of Acts than in all the Pauline epistles. More words of the, the New Testament come from Luke. But Paul sort of investigated too. You know you know the story, and I'm, I'm running out of time, but the road to Damascus and how Jesus appeared to him. And after that, he tried to, tried to, to tell the disciples and the apostles that I'm on the same team, and they were skeptical. So Paul writes in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse, beginning of verse 3, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen, here's the key, that he was seen by Cephas, which is Peter, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. And after that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of time. Jesus' resurrection was validated time and time again, over 500 people in addition to the, the apostles. But I'll give you more evidence or more reason. Again, remember, we've got the apostles, the disciples huddled in this little house, scared to even go outside. And then they went out and changed the world. It was the resurrection that convinced them who Jesus was and that took away their fear and gave them the courage to go out and make disciples of all nations as they were commanded. I mean, I'm going to go through really quickly, but they were all, uh, Andrew was was crucified in Georgia. Uh, James, the evangelist, was stoned to death in Jerusalem. Uh, Peter was crucified by Nero upside down because he refused to be crucified up, didn't want to compare himself to Jesus. Philip, North Africa, was crucified upside down. Thaddeus was shot with arrows. Thomas was murdered by being murdered. Bartholomew, crucified upside down in Armenia. James, son of Zebedee, death by sword in Jerusalem. Matthew, the tax collector, the sinner, beheaded in Ethiopia. Paul, arrested and beheaded in Rome. Time and time again, they knew who Jesus Christ was because they'd seen the resurrected king, and that changed them from a hoveling group of ineffectual people that were scared to death, who were distressed and mourning and grief-filled and couldn't you know, tie their shoes or eat into these incredible men that took this gospel of peace and hope all over the world. That is proof of who Jesus Christ is. That is proof of who our king is. So if you have any doubts, if, you, if you're uncertain right now in your life, things aren't going the way that, that you want them to, your relationships are unfulfilled, you don't know what your purpose is, maybe you're stuck in bondage, addiction, whatever, i tell you what you need. There's a vaccine, and his name is Jesus Christ. That's, that relationship will give you the strength that you need to fill like you have a purpose in life. You know, I chased things for most of my adult life, money, alcohol, pleasures of the flesh, you name it, before I had a relationship with Jesus Christ. I am grateful. My wife once said to me, and I couldn't believe it, I'm grateful for your addictions because Jesus, I needed to be humbled. I needed to, there's a, a saying, I've said it before on this show by a man named Richard Rohr, that people that are afraid to go to hell are religious and people that have been there and back are spiritual. Uh, recovery, just like a walk with Jesus, is a spiritual awakening, a journey. And again, I go back to the word resurrection comes from the Greek word 
Astasis, meaning standing up again, raising to life again, and recovery of spiritual truth. That's what Jesus wants for us. He wants us not only to be resurrected at the time of the rapture, but he wants us to be resurrected on this earth. There's a song, The Resurrected King, By your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. Ephesians 2, 1, Paul writes, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. So many of us, myself included, have been dead in our trespasses and sins. But by surrendering our life and doing our best to imitate Christ and going out and helping other people, we too can be made alive. Romans eight eleven, Paul writes, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Galatians two twenty, Paul wrote, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hebrews two fourteen through 15, Paul writes, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Those disciples were in bondage, huddled in that house, all afraid to go outside, and I can't say in my flesh that I blame them. But then... They saw the resurrected king. Revelation 3.20 says Jesus is standing outside your door right now knocking, and he wants to come in and dine with you. And in the Jewish tradition, that means come in and fellowship with you, spend hours with you. He wants to spend time with you in prayer and meditation by reading his word, by learning who he is. That's what will change your life. That's what will change your life. And even those of us who've been walking with the Lord, for a long time in this season, we need to rededicate our lives. We tend to drift away. We tend to stop spending time. We tend to stop spending time reading our word every day and praying in the morning and starting our day in the right way. You know, one of my favorite stories, because I've lived it, is the story of the prodigal son. And, you know, I, I don't have much time now, but but the son goes out. Prodigal means extravagant. He lives this extravagant lifestyle just like I did. And then he ends up in the pig slop. And he says, I'm going to go home. Even my father's servants eat better than I do. And then he comes back and he's got this speech prepared. I've sinned against you, Father in heaven, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. The father sees him from far away, which is who our God is, and doesn't wait. You know, many earthly fathers would sit there and wait for the kid to come up, you know, with the hands on the hip. Yep, I told you so. Yep, I told you this was going to happen. No, but that father runs to his son. And he says, but the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. That's what the resurrected king wants for us in this life. He wants us, those of us who were dead again, he wants us found. Those of us that were lost again, he wants us found and alive again. That's what Jesus Christ wants for you today. And you may be walking with the Lord and not have that problem, but you know people who are out there. 
And do you know that all of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes to repentance? And that's our mission, folks, in life, is to preach that gospel to all creation and to make disciples of all nations. I'd love for you to join us at our church, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We meet Sunday nights in the Heights at 240 West 18th Street. Sunday nights in the Heights, 6 p.m., 240 West 18th Street. I'd love to meet you. We've got a loving, we're growing slowly, but we're a small congregation, and it's we know everybody knows everybody's name. It's a, it's really cool. You know, I'm headed from here. I'm headed to the Open Door Mission, a place that takes in addicted and homeless men. And, you know, we're going to preach to those guys tonight. We've taken our Break Every Chain ministry over there on Wednesday nights, and it is just such a joy to see the light in their eyes when they begin to understand that people care about them and that God loves them. You know, there's nothing more fulfilling, both in recovery and in the Christian walk, than helping other people. That's when you really turn the corner and do what God, you know, what it says in the Bible calls us Christ's ambassadors on earth. God's co-workers. Wow. (laughs) That just always, when I read that the first time, it just amazed me. And it still amazes me to be God's co-worker. What an honor. What an honor. Anyway, please join us at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, 240 West 18th Street, 6 p.m., Sunday nights in the Heights. We have a good time. We worship the Lord. We raise our hands. We're a Bible-based, spirit-filled, non-denominational church, and we would love to meet you. We love you at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, but more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.